You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hi, gang. Welcome back to our Critical Commentary Watch Long Podcast, recorded here on the unceded territories, that means stolen, of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. Uh, we're your hosts. This is Riverdale. This is really good this week. This was good this week. We both really liked it. Like, hopefully it's not just us, but this was really good this week. This definitely hits, I think, a lot of our sweet spots. Like, we tend to, we like horror. Yep, yep. Um, well, I, I like how they do horror. Yeah. Um, Ryan and I were both really into this podcast called The, uh, the Magnus Archives. Yeah. Um, and I think there's actually a Magnus Archives episode called Ex Libris. Um hmm. And Ryan mentioned that they're probably drawing on some of the same lore. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know, I, I know they also have a Diary of a Plague Year mentioned, and that's an actual text that I've studied for other reasons, theater wise. Oh, but interesting. Like the yeah, the shared horror canon and the rich references. Yeah. Just 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 ugh. and wow, the like messed up, menacing psychology of this episode. Yeah, they really didn't pull any punches with things that could bother our characters. Yeah. Um, like, some of them were a little bit, I don't want to say lighter, but some of them were a bit more like, oh, this is a sentimental thing from this person's past, like Jughead. Yeah. And some of them are like reminders of trauma, like Archie. Yeah, and some of them are literal bodies. Bones. Some of them are literal bodies. Bones. But um, it occurs to me at the end that nobody actually lets go of their gift, of their totem, which I actually, I don't know how that word is being used here. I'm so mm-hmm, used to it mm-hmm. in the context of totem poles. Right. Which is like a whole other category of um, experience. Uh, yeah. A uh, uh, colonial created art category. Yeah. I mean, for... I, maybe. I don't know. I don't know that much about the root of the word totem, but we're not talking about... Yeah. That here. How they use it here. The magic, the magical familiar objects. Okay. Magical um, familiar objects. Okay. Likewise, I was reminded of the problematic stereotypes of, of voodoo dolls in this. Oh, oh that's um, That comes I to mind. I know very, very little about voodoo problematic or otherwise. Uh, the, so. It's an old trope of uh, making a doll of someone and sticking pins in it. Oh, right. As, yeah. a, as, a, as a means of cursing them. That I think is sort of a... A spin-off media take on um, a lot of uh, Southern and Caribbean spirituality practices. Oh, that I spy a puppet, um, goody proctor, that kind of thing. Yeah, that noise. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay, well, um, all this to say is that at the end, I didn't really get a sense that... I think it's just Archie and Betty who've like let go of their items. Hmm. Veronica was like, eh, it's fine. You can keep the picture of my dad. I hate him. Also logistically, logistically useful. Because now she has a superpower. Oh, yeah. And it's from the curse. Which is fun. Yeah, she is weaponizing that curse. Um, the trunk isn't getting burned twice, which I have a feeling is going to cause problems. Yeah, yeah. And then Agreed. Jughead was like, I can't do it. Yep. Mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm, Archie and mm-hmm. Betty who are like, good day to these demons. Cleanse. Which, to be fair, like, Betty, you know, Betty's book was not a useful book. In no. her current 
world or scope at all. What was Archie's again? The guitar. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a whole big old trauma trigger. Um, yeah. I was delighted um, with my inability to find a clear pattern of how this magic was working. Uh, I feel like in the expression of the curse, um, it realized differently for every character from the same basic ingredients and very, in a very personalized way from, you know, Archie's, Archie's gift is, and Betty's gift are direct associated memory items. Um, but Jughead's gift and curse tied to a futuristic fear. Um, Veronica's, I, Hmm. I would tie back to her argument with Reggie that she, uh, feels differently in the morning of, in the first scene that, um, that there's something inherently bad or dangerous about her. Yeah, it definitely... I feel like Veronica has always tried to find this balance between strength and the stereotype of women being predatory. And now she has a curse Mm -hmm. that (laughs) makes her into a predator. I don't think it makes her predatory. Yes. But makes her into a predator. Yes. um, Of a type. And... Magic! A power mostly associated in contemporary pop culture with Poison Ivy, the Batman villain. Um, What is Poison Ivy's deal again? uh, She's an eco-terrorist. Oh. So Poison Ivy uh, invented in the vintage, I think, late golden age of comics, um, was her whole shtick was uh, very stereotyped eco-terrorism and deadly or intoxicating kisses. So okay. a blend of femme fatale and a sort of backlash eco-socialist stereotyping. Um, and then in the 90s, in, um, in Bruce Mann's, Bruce Timm's Batman the Animated Series, Poison Ivy, uh, as well as many of the villains, was revisited with a much more empathetic lens. Okay. Uh, and I think that's most of our generation's introduction to the character, hmm. is this, this redemption story. That that starts with the assumption that we're going to empathize with her motives. Interesting. Which is a different place there than I think she was written originally. Um, and who played her in the nineties? Because that's like the mental image I have of Poison U- Uma, Thurman. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman played right. it in uh, that Super Camp movie. Yeah, I and... have, which I've never seen. I've only ever um, seen like posters of, and I was like. That woman seems cool. I think I want to be like her and possibly have a crush on her in my complex, childlike way that I can't express. She's so fabulously camp. Cool. And just just definitively camp. Um, but anyway, Ivy has um, really evolved in the last 30 years since to, to be um, more of an anti-hero than a villain. Um, particularly in that she's most often paired with Harley Quinn. Uh, rom- oh. Romantically, and as as best friends and and support characters, and if we want to root for one of them, we have to root for both of them, kind of thing. Like likewise, Gotham City Sirens associated them with Catwoman, as a fantastic comic short run comic series. Um, so Poison Ivy is more of a, a um, anti hero in the modern lens. And I think she is the prime contemporary example of that superpower. Hmm. Um, yeah. 
Cool. So that's the Veronica Association. And that's yeah. her origin story. And she doesn't get the she doesn't get the superhero powers talk. No. What, yeah, I was waiting for that, like for Veronica to look over at Cheryl lighting the fire with her mind and have a double take or a question. I miss the moment yeah. of Veronica d- being told about everyone having superpowers. Unless unless she accepts that as part of Cheryl knows sorcery. Fair. Fair, I, fair, fair. But they're I feel like they're not managing that in quite the way that in quite the way that makes it explicit what Veronica knows and what Veronica doesn't. And I'm confused. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um they're building her story though wonderfully. They're building this yeah. built this built all of the characters uh like from the core out in a really lovely way. Um and I am I'm reminded of, you know, discussing discussing 20s the, the the struggles of the twenties of my twenties with friends and talking about how okay we finally have the headspace to start dealing with our childhood traumas yeah awesome and like great in your thirties yes. maybe you can awesome. maybe you can tackle mm. tackle high school or or your twenties if you're lucky <laughs> um, yeah but that's where I really saw them as these uh, you know young adults this episode um, Continuing the trend from last uh, episode of really revisiting those those story beats with a lot of weight uh, for what they were it was formative. Yeah, um, I think that's what I really I, what I really liked, um, especially piggybacking off last episode, is last ep- piggybacking off last episode. Yes, I yeah. got those words out correctly. Great. Yes, um, <clears throat> is the. Um, the like the use of magic to manage the stuff of life i feel mm, like that mm-hmm. was in the last episode too and i just find that very appealing yeah definitely <clears throat> as a building building sort of pattern and magic um i feel we we hit a new a new tier of percival magic this time as well not yeah. just percival with a superpower but percival with dark powers yeah, of he, a variety. I assume I I and dark assume knowledge. he's the devil, but maybe he's some sort of annoying lesser demon. And Sabrina's come, gonna come in and be like, "Oh, this guy again." I'm definitely ready for Sabrina this. to arrive. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is Daddy. Yeah. Maybe it is Satan. Sabrina's daddy is Satan. Oh, it's I w- complicated. I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Reggie for it, a second. Oh yes. I boy. feel like Reggie is maybe playing Percival. Yeah, I give him more credit than being full mooked. And I hope yeah. the show will too. I think they they've certainly played it uh as he is he is on par as a player, I think. Yeah. Um they've done a they've done a fantastic job I I think in leveling um Framing each of these characters as Percival minion list, there's something of a leveling playing field between main supporting that I'm finding is working out nicely. Yeah. Um, missing Tony. Missing Tony, missing Tabitha. Yeah. But they, they gave an explanation for where Tabitha was. Yeah. Missing Tony. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about what's happening with hers and Fangs' storyline as it intersects with the superpowers. Yeah. And the sorcery. And I want her flashing back to Rivervale to pay off. I want her yeah. to have 
death water magic. Yeah, that's where I'm. I assume she's ending up. <gasps> what? Tell Cheryl's me. a firemancer, and she'll if if Tony gets dark water powers, it's just like a beautiful synergy, and I still ship them. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I do too. I understand. Like Fangs is cute and all, but Tony. I know Tony was a real winner of a pairing. All right. Well, <sighs> should we jump in? Uh, we should do quick housekeeping first, perhaps. Oh, we should do some quick housekeeping. Well, Riverdale gang, I'm getting quite pregnant. Far along. And um, I've been sort of placed on soft stress leave by my midwife, um, and I can't give up work because work is work. <laughs> so um, I uh, this is probably my last episode with all of you for a little while. Mm-hmm. And Ryan's wonderful friend... Channing is going to be doing a lot of um, co-hosting duties with Ryan. Yes, I'm really excited to have her back. Uh, I can't imagine anyone else um, being able to pick up this thread with me. Uh, um, aside from, yeah, like aside from even who who who's caught up on everything yeah, now. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you've met Channing before, if you followed us, um, and I think it'll be a delightful, we're look, we're thinking about, like, a nine episode, uh, uh, parental leave arc, um, and... <laughs> it is an arc, isn't it's, it? It's up in the air, uh, based on Chloe's availability and health, and, uh, stamina, and, um, the Bay Bay, as it emerges. Yeah. Um, we'll play it by ear. But, yeah. um, I'll, I'll be here steering the boat. And, um, thank you. <laughs> and really uh, delighted to have Channing back with us for uh, for mm-hmm. a longer repeat stretch. And I'm so annoyed that this show has gotten so good just as I decide to leave and hitting all my like happy, weird, dark, sugar, trash, sorcery buttons. Well, I was saying it's like surely next week will be trash. What if it isn't? I mean, disruptive. <laughs> It's true. But, gang, listen, I'm, I'll miss you. I'll miss um, Ryan and I live across the street from each other and are good friends. I will see Ryan. But um, this show is really fun for me to do, and I will miss it. And But that is sometimes what happens with health and logistical life things. And I'm excited to come back fresh once my baby has started to sleep a bit more consistently <laughs> and I am no longer pregnant. Uh, so that'll be the shape of our the rest of our season, probably. Yeah. By ear, much like late stage pregnancy. Yeah. You all get to join us in that uh, that lingering tension yeah. thread. I'm, Yay! I'm 36 plus. Darian Monday. 36 plus three. I sincerely hope that by the first time Ryan is <laughs> co-hosting this with Channing, I have not gone into labor. So. <laughs> now I think I'm ready for the episode. All Chloe. right, let's do it. Are you all queued up, Riverdale gang? I am. All right. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Ready? We'll sync up on the Netflix Badoom in three, two, one. Badoom. Ex libris. Of the book? We didn't didn't talk at all about... um, This pregnancy? Oh, yeah. That doesn't matter. Sure this this fake out, this MacGuffin. Um, I I love their quick resolution revelation or re- resolutions to huge cliffhangers. It's yeah, becoming signature that, at this point. They do that a lot in this show, but I did appreciate how like Betty reflecting on her 
upbringing kind of sets up some of the themes of this episode. Yes, yes, you're quite right. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, actually, Bruce, about the the books. We didn't ta- touch on the oh, importance yeah. of everyone's book and the metaphor of the different expressions and interpretations. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really only familiar with Metamorphosis. Um, I, oh, passing familiarity, Google familiarity with Flowers in the Attic. Um, but I don't know Kiss of the Spider Woman. The only one I've read is um, uh, Kevin's uh, Lord of the Flies. Oh, no, yes, I've read Lord of the Flies as well. Yeah. You're right. Uh, yeah, we were, we were chatting about that. I yeah. liked it. Yeah, it's been many, many years since I read it. Um, the black and white film version, I actually have some very strong memories of, but mm-hmm. selective. Like, I remember them um, singing and walking along the beach. Yeah. There's a lot of strong visual moments. Yeah. Mm. So they're building this couple in a way that I really like, because you, you really get the sense that there's no infatuation at work. Sweet and mature and grown-up relationship. Yeah. And making making decisions together instead of making decisions in the heat of things. Yeah. Here we go. These people are fighting. Yes, they do. I'm. It's it's it's. I'm not surprised for where these characters are. Yeah. They're not in a real good conflict resolution place. I'm interested in how dark this episode is. Like, it's very... There's a lot of shadows in this episode and not a ton of our usual saturated pinks and blues. Mmm. That's a good point. A lot of shadowing around the edges. A lot of tight framings. A lot of good Reggie scenes. Like, a lot of good... He gets... Yeah. Power performance from Reggie. This character gets a lot to do this episode that I think is great, honestly. And he doesn't feel lower status... The way he usually does. Especially mm, with Veronica's scene. Like, the first beat I remember about Reggie is a joke during a search for Jason in the Woods in season one. A whole Reggie ago. Um, and it was kind of about, about him being like a, a jock himbo. And I think that has persisted a lot. Um... In a lot of the, the, the casual side-side representations of Reg- Reggie when he's a small sporting character. But I, yeah, really had fun with him this time. Yeah. I I don't know if this is a fair criticism of Veronica, but I'm glad that Geraldo kind of came back into the episode. Yes. For a, for a brief um, moment. So this thing that Percival does, at first I was like, what... So is absurd. This? So absurd. I think we were all caught off guard. Yes. Yeah, so he. <laughs> so good. So one of the things I was trying to figure out for Siren of the episode, there, Riverdale gang. He's us, not you. Yep. Um. Hmm. The first thing I thought was like, oh, this is. This is not my personal nightmare, but I imagine that it is the nightmare <laughs> of some people. You you feel guilty about not returning a library book and then mm-hmm. finally someone comes to find it yes like <laughs> you little intellectual oh first of all that was cute and then um uh this this thing about i st- i took something and now it's being held over my head mm-hmm. 
I think is a little bit creepy. But oh, also, yes. it's so abs- at first, you're, it's so absurd that you're like, where are we going? What's going to happen? Hugely. And it, it took me a bit to glom on that they start with the metamorphosis. Yeah. Which is a story about bureaucratic absurdity and the absurdity of, oh, of yeah, rules right. and work workflow and the system we live within. If you woke up a giant beetle one day, would you still have to co- go into work? They'd sure expect you to call in. Yeah. Gregor Samza didn't have to call in, at least. <laughs> they could not find him. I should read this book eventually. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is... The, the other thing that I wasn't sure about, mm-hmm. and I wondered at the beginning, was is this particular copy of Kafka's Metamorphosis important in some way in that it's actually another book <clears throat> right and right. then i wondered is that true of all of these books is, are these books a series of concealed dark magic texts whatever right. texts whatever but no that's, that doesn't seem to be where we end up yeah the dark magic is their their deep personal connection to it these are the these are the curse anchors yeah that Percival gathers and bold use of force like specific threat of gun violence over a book like this is the new norm Mm -hmm. that our heroes have accepted which is fascinating yeah um what a what an expression of petty power and just a power move on percival's part he is more menacing and ominous here than he's been Mm mm-hmm Oh, yeah, that weird episode with the Guinness World Records Yeah. Thing. My friend and I had a great conversation about um, what we would like to be in the Guinness Book of World Records for. It has nothing to do with anything going on in this season. <laughs> I don't need to. Are you the, are you the library, library police? police? Yep. Um, Veronica's the first person to take this with the appropriate level of disdain. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's also the one not aware of superpowers. She isn't. She is just like, I want to pay you and I want you to go. Yep. Yep. If I find the book. I love how, um, (laughs) as this progresses, Percival has has an ad hoc response to win. Um, There is no way to beat Percival in this scenario. Reggie, who has the book on hand, is still cursed. Everyone else who has any, plays any reasonable reasoning, like, there's no right answer. Yeah. He was going to get what he wanted. And it's um, seeing the sequence of, of um, shakedowns really hammered that home to me. Yeah. <sighs> and... He, Hi, Jason. Yeah. I also want to know where he gets his omnipotence. Like, is it from... Mm. Is it from reading Jughead's mind he learns everything about all these people? Or, like, what? how does he get his omnipotent knowledge? Um, omnipresence? Uh, omnipotent is can do anything. Omnipresence is can, oh, see, can um, see and know anything. Um, where does he get all his knowledge from? Or omniscient. Omniscient, omniscient thank you. Is, the, is the, the, the better word for that. From whence is omniscience? We're pointing back to Satan vibes here. Yep. yep. Yeah, because he he clearly knows everyone's weak points in deep trauma ways. Yeah. 
Alice. I love that they're used to like bewitched. They're used to ensorcelled Alice. Yep, they've just like, accepted that as as a hurdle mm-hmm. and are rolling with it, <laughs> dealing. Oh, I checked. And it's not there. No, yeah. I checked. Remember, I have no boundaries, even if I'm not ensorcelled. <laughs> Give him your diaries, collateral. Aren't you glad? Wow. What's beef stroganoff again? It's like a beef casserole, beef noodle casserole. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's like a gravy cream, gravy sauce. It's interesting. Reggie has this in a particular spot. Mm. It's such a great detail for this character. Yep. Yeah. There's there's a lot about Reggie here that like. He shows his he shows his chops and power and status in yeah. a way he hasn't this season. Makes me wonder what his piece of collateral would be would have been. They oh, that's a very good point. Instead, we great get right to the basic curse that everyone else sort of avoids one way or another. Yeah. Is Reggie so Reggie loses the thing he got from this book? Yeah. Yeah, if, he does. If Betty, you know, Betty could, what would Betty lose from small mechanics? Or would she lose memories? What would Archie lose if his oh, trauma yeah. was suddenly blotted? Huh. Um, yeah. It's a great question. What if Jughead didn't understand the fundamentals of bureaucratic authoritarianism? Would he still be Jughead? It's a great question. And what if Veronica didn't enjoy. Argentinian literature uh, that told in non-traditional narrative structures that challenge conceptions of the novel. What if Veronica didn't blur the lines all the time? There we go. I'm curious about this law some states consider overdue library books as theft. I wonder how many people get arrested for overdue library books as sort of an excuse to arrest people who are disorganized and can't afford to buy books. Yeah, it's right up there in the criminalized poverty of yeah. many, many sorts in North America now. Um, this outfit on Cheryl. Also, you know how universities will, are, will withhold your, depl- your degree over library fines? Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, wild. Um, wow. Yeah, so it, it's it, there are problems. Hmm. Cheryl is such a good power leader in yeah. this. Cheryl, um, Cheryl takes control so wonderfully here of this situation that our core heroes, minus Tabitha and Tony, have really lost the plot on. Mm. They have not been making progress. Yeah, I guess that's true. We sit a lot with Kevin on the fence here. Yeah, it's interesting. Kevin, I think, is identified by Percival as someone that he can't just immediately control in the way that he thought he could. Like, he has to seduce him and emotionally manipulate him. He's doing more in a way that wasn't required of Alice or Fred. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, I'm here for dark seduction, moose, moose light side boyfriend, sweetheart, and Percival dark side sexy boy. Okay. I'm here for it. Um, I'm reminded of all the flashback Percivals who also had a Keller. Flashback Percivals. Oh, yeah. So this is just a long tradition of seducing Keller men. I mean. Hey. 
I like for Kevin that he is receiving the kind of sexual attention that he deserves, but I hate for him that he is cursed. (laughs) Yes, and that it is all exploitive. Uh, So maybe maybe it isn't the sexual attention he deserves. He deserves consensual, beautiful love, and he never gets it in this show for long, and it's annoying. Give him a moose. (laughs) I guess they gave him a moose. They gave him a moose. Okay, and now, yes, and now Percival double down, down, doubles down on his creepy by casting curses. Mm-hmm. And this this was actually a surprise to me because this is, like, explicit ensorcelled yeah. moves. There's We're, no yeah. other, there's no ambiguity. Yeah. It's ensorcelment. I'm obsessed with that word now, in case you hadn't noticed. Um, the way these, these each play out uniquely and distinctly... The way that Archie is haunted by this trauma. Um, yeah. Like, a curse that's causing Jughead's skin to flake. Is very different than this. Yeah, is leaving Archie's yearbook where it'll be found by the right teens. Just, yeah, that's interesting. And erasing parts of Reggie's brain. Yeah. I quite enjoyed this um, representation of, of dyslexia. Um, cool, I don't I'm, know much about yeah. being dyslexic, to be honest. I am not, a few good friends are, um, mm-hmm. but I am I am generally quite keen on um, representations of, of neurodivergent experiences that actually help a little with the, with the comprehension of, you know, oh, what you yeah. see. Yeah, I, I have heard about the, like, letter jumble feeling mm-hmm. before. Yeah. That's something I've heard of. Um, but the cards, I, I, when he looked down at the cards, I was like, Ooh, gosh, like what's, are the cards mm-hmm. cursed? Like I wasn't quite sure where we were going. Yeah. Yeah. This is creepy. Hi, Hal. Get it, creepy. get, get your paycheck. Good use of, finally the good use of the serial killer, dad. Yeah. Yeah. Betty. Oh yeah. In this moment. Geraldo, can I call you back? Because I, I see a spider. I was actually kind of surprised that Geraldo ended up um, being part of the plot, but um, I... Especially how he did. Yeah. How he died. Did, did, did. It's not so much that. I sort of expected Reggie to just be wrong about Veronica and not invite him over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But... I mean, it does. I'm not it, mad about it. I'm just surprised. It speaks to Reggie's status. Yeah. In that he is correct. That, and also I think, I mean, it, it does function function as a bit of a plot device that, like, mm-hmm. um, my cat, who is very anxious, is just curled up against Ryan's foot. Important moment in their relationship. I feel so much joy right now. Yeah, the cats are really into Ryan in this moment. Um... And then Bleach. I appreciate that Geraldo is there in order to demonstrate what Veronica's superpower is. Yes. And I accept that Geraldo is permanently an empty husk. Now, literally. But, yes. like, as a character, <laughs> he was yeah. an empty husk. I think he was there to maybe become a bigger character, and then they were like, no, we need him for this specific reason. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they took a slight turn in Veronica's setup. Yeah. He was the right supporting character for her Sopranos episode. Now, as a superhero, everyone around you gets killed. I have a wonderful reading look. Fine. I loves me a Betty Percival talk-off. 
Yeah, they really hate each other in a yeah. very satisfying way. And they also... I love there's, how... There's, so, there's no illusions, but they've never talked... They've never spoken honestly to each other mm-hmm. in the way that Archie and Jughead have both been broad... Blindsided, I guess. Yeah. Great, great dress. Great great outfit on Cheryl. I think it might be a skirt and top combo, but I'm not actually sure. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that Cheryl's not really afraid of the ghosts. Yep. That this is this is what we get of her curse. Yeah. Um, and wildly that it's, it's nothing to do with Jason, who she's clearly made her magical and spiritual peace with. Yeah. But it's to do with Heather, this slowly building subbeat. Also, when did she burn Jason? She mentions that at the end of the episode. I don't remember. Uh, they did a Viking funeral when they got his uh, body back from the cults yeah. that one time. And then I, somehow she got the, the bones. Flowers in the Attic. Um, I did not know um, before. Flowers in the Attic is um, a, a first in a novel series. Um, that really deals with family, uh, familial abuse, um, incest and sexual abuse, uh, and, uh, sort of financial abuse, um, of a, of children locked in a mansion attic. Um, and it's hmm. so very Cheryl fitting. Wild yeah. to see so much of Miss Grundy. Yeah, I, I, oof, creepy. Possibly not the same actor, but, um... Yeah. I... And then this. Cello guitar. That, this was haunting and creepy as hell. I I loved it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, all the Miss Grundy is strange. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Reveal Gang. Ryan's going to have to comment on this one. Turns out I have a thing about fingernails and hands. Oh, yeah. David Cronenberg movie as Jughead uh, Jughead falls apart. Yeah, turns out I seams. have a thing. Didn't know I had a thing. Just need to not look at the screen for yeah. a second. Yeah, hey, we learned... Riverdale teaches us things about ourselves every day. Oh, we're back to Reggie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Reggie following a fantastic hook path as well to get him into... Lined up as a player on this field. Uh-huh. Um, for good or ill. And in, in a position that is befitting his usual story position. You know, he so often starts as, as a mini-boss. With Hiram, he was a mini-boss. Maybe this could serve as a parting blow. And then he uses just a little ensorcelment. But it's yeah. just to sell the twist. Yeah, like he right? need, but it's interesting to me that he needs to ensorcel Reggie. Yeah. And it's not his first go. It's not his first try, either. He plays a few other persuasion, builds in, leans into it. Yeah. And then slips slips a little it speaks to the vulnerabilities of his powers well one of the things i think is possible is that reggie re- after the conversation with veronica realizes he's mm. ensorcelled right and that's partly why he's wants wants to be a minion i'm scare quoting this riverdale gang you can't see it right i wonder if he's like i wonder if reggie is the mole yeah, you know? getting has recognized there's power he needs to learn something about because it's coming to murder at at them all. Yeah, it. I guess it comes down to if Reggie will display that Riverdale loyalty. Yeah, which I expect of him. Yeah. Um. To the to the group and community and people and individuals. I ex- that's where he usually comes around to. I am 
this this episode, we get a lot of shots where it doesn't seem like people are shooting together. Mm. And I'm wondering, mm. I'm wondering about that. I'm curious. I wonder if there's anything to that. Mm. I mean, plague lockdowns still scuttle film sets briefly, yeah. even as everything relaxes. Totally. Some, you know, it's usually more, just for like three days or something. But, uh, yeah, hard to say. It also just, I think, I mean, it really serves the aesthetic of this episode. Yeah. Nice tight mid shots back and forth and conversations. It's true. This was a good sequence. I Good young Betty. Felt a lot of empathy for this character, this young Betty. Yeah, this, this talking to a child and hiding from a child, but being in this place of unsettlement with the child. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's, it's ominous and weighty. Add to the horror beat. Archie, the voice of reason again. Wild. Yeah. Percival knows what he's doing, Archie. <sighs> yeah. He's doing it to the, all of them. It's interesting that it, it tells me a lot about the weight that they are giving Archie's experience with Miss Grundy. Yes. Um, that he won't talk about it immediately. I really appreciated that. Yes, I quite agree. Um, and they're 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 exploring very different reactions to old trauma surfacing yeah. and being triggered. Um, I, I guess Betty and Archie are foils in some capacity here, mm-hmm. dealing with these different things. Um, yeah, that's true. Because Reggie and Veronica's experience with the magic is very, very different. Uh, and Jughead's... Jughead's living in a private nightmare. Yeah. I like I liked, um, of the different types of horror, sort of little sprinkles of horror we get in this episode. Mm-hmm. I did, even though I really struggled to watch it, I really appreciated the body horror in, in the, the Jughead's mm. part of the episode with his hands. Yes, it was effective. Yeah, and... Um, it made me buy in to the storyline a little bit more. I'm also reminded that the metamorphosis is also deeply body horror. Is it? Yeah, a man wakes up. Oh yeah, he a wakes giant up. beetle. Oof. And then no that's your body. Mm-hmm. The, uh, what if you don't like bugs? Well, that's your body. Ryan doesn't like bugs. Uh-huh. I, I would not like to wake up as a bug. I'll say that much. I feel pretty neutral about bugs when they are around in the world. <laughs> but um, one of my favorite Ryan quotes, just to really out him, bless his heart. <laughs> when I went to visit him in um, Tokyo, we saw this stick insect, and I was really excited about it. I was like, "Oh, Ryan, you're not not anxious about the stick insect." And you were like, "I have to consider this an animal, or I would become catatonic." And I. It's a very I cute really, small animal. It's a very cute small animal, and I love my friend Ryan and appreciate that he let me tell that vulnerable story. Some of the bugs that I woke up to in my room, God, Chloe, summer in <laughs> summer in summer in Japan, they have a whole different set of insects yeah, than I believe, I, you. Ah, I believe you. I grew up in the sweet spot where the bugs get are getting smaller because it's cold, but they're not getting bigger again as you get further north because of unpolluted wilderness. Right. It's a sweet spot of small mosquitoes. <laughs> I love that for you. Hi, Moose. I was in lust. It's, it's in, that's such an interesting perspective to me. Ryan and I were talking about that. I think I read mm. Lord of the Flies when I was older than the characters, so mm. I didn't 
feel anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 in high school, I remember enjoying it. I remember, um, a lot of, like, flashes of images and thoughts and ideas and emotional reaction. It's Mm. that, that kind of distant book memory. Um, but ideas about adulthood and a very, um, dated, dated masculine lens. Yeah. Um, that was useful for me. Um, yeah, there's a lot of lot I like about that story. Further insight. So I think this is this is where Veronica gets the buy-in on the sorcery. Yes. Even yes. though she doesn't know about the superpowers. Yes, for some reason Archie hasn't mentioned to her I'm super strong and Jughead yeah. can read minds. And Betty has some kind of empathy thing going on, we're not sure. And what to call Cheryl it. can set things on fire, but Veronica yeah. learns that. Yeah, but just, that makes sense in the scope of everything else uh, Veronica's pulling here. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I forgot about Jughead's grandfather and, um, mm-hmm. like, so much the, ooh, ah, the hands, ow. Yeah. And we, this this neatly wraps up, in a, I think, a very realistic way that a lot of trauma ends in and then that relative and I were estranged until one of us died. Yeah. Uh and we never felt much better about it. That's a dark yeah. reel. <laughs> yeah, that is a dark reel. Um <clears throat> I you seem pretty blasé about this, Cheryl. I dabbled in the supernatural. Moving on. <laughs> um yeah, and I like this detail. I'm pretty comfortable with the ghost that's being invoked from my past. Yeah. I love it when people are, like, when characters are comfortable with ghosts. I like that so much as a choice for characters. Yes, yes. Loving um, your ghosts and grieving with them and, and I do. working with them. I love how Archie thinks this is going to work. <laughs> right. Um, it also, but it really does demonstrate not only, um, like, Percival's plan and power, but, like, his forethought how long ahead to leave this ready. Yeah. How long ahead did he know Archie was coming? Yeah, I I wonder about that. Mm -hmm. Like, has that just been sitting off frame when Betty was in the shop earlier? Did he just set that up? Yeah. Um, But also, the cello. Yeah. Cello is an interesting instrument to choose here. I feel like normally violins are sort of the heightened, like, I'm thinking of, like, the devil's mm-hmm, fiddle mm-hmm. in, like, The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Yes. Or, yes. um, uh, uh, what's another, there's another magic violin somewhere in the canon. Um, but I, 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 yeah, many, and yeah. I, I think it's, it's interesting to choose a cello instead. Just yes. Fun. Yes. Um, it's and, possible that that actor, one of those actors, played cello, but I never got the impression from their finger work yeah, that they were really that playing. Grundy actually was playing. Yeah, but it is tying back. Um, I guess they're kind of married by married by by what they set up six years ago. Yeah, um, and the teasing gets more on the nose. Yeah, and Archie has a triggered reaction, and the kids see it. Yeah, and. 
Yeah, it's interesting. And these like these teenagers are very close to adulthood too. Like they're mm-hmm. very close to like the point in adolescence where I might if like it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like if I was just to use sort of my own experience as an example, like there's a certain age that young men reach where if they're in a group and they're behind me, I'm looking over my shoulder just to check that I'm cool. Right. And like they're those young men are kind of at that age where they might almost feel like peers who could do damage. Yes. And on, I think on that, the cusp of yeah. I think that adds to the moment a bit. Yes, their their impact on Archie. Yeah. Solid choice, yeah. I guess. I mean I really hope that that was a damaged cello. Yeah. <laughs> I played cello for a few years when I was a kid. Um, but it was pretty. I really appreciate that this show is revisiting those moments with Grundy, and they're no longer presented as sexy. Yeah, they've Thank they've you reflected very much, well. Riverdale. They've reflected like they've they've touched on this in the past in past seasons when they've revisited the subject. They've done so gently, delicately, and with some caution. Mm-hmm. But now we've got sort of a full-throated unpacking of yeah. just what they did. And Betty names it, one. too. Yeah. Which I appreciate. It's super important. Um, so here's my next question. Does Kevin, does Kevin know that he's being played? Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, no? No. No, not at all. Um... Kevin, like we're poking, we're the poking sensitivities he, the, the here. Piggy again? He, yeah. The how did he know that? Mm. That's what makes me wonder. Is our right? I don't think I do think Reggie is mole. Yeah. But I'm. I think. But I wonder. I think Kevin's on on the cusp of asking questions here. But distractible. Yeah. But also, maybe you'll come out of this having kissed Satan, and that's cool. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's one for the bucket list. Yeah. Uh, the glasses. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. They're they're really kind of trying to tune into like how mm-hmm. how triggers can function. Yes, sensory experiences. Yeah. Um, focusing on that particularly like exploitive shot. As she drives by, ogling. Yeah. Oof. That particular look, and that being the the connection. Yeah. They they pick out adeptly, um, problematic things from their own from the show's own past, mm-hmm. and frame them. But even just like the nature of triggers, I think from the outside of a traumatic experience for people who are close to the person who's experienced the trauma. It can feel as arbitrary as, like, you don't want me to wear these glasses? Like, what are you talking about? Right, right. Whereas the trigger is is sensible. Like, it mm-hmm. is a sensical thing to be triggered by. Yes. Um, and imagine if you had to explain your whole trauma. Yeah. At length. Every time. You know, look at the frequency that Archie experiences a trigger in this. Mm-hmm. You know, even if, even if he had the words and time and re- connection to fully explain things. It takes him several goes to tell Betty, the the closest person to him right here. Yeah. Again, very like dark, dark tones here. A mm-hmm. pale light in the background. Same as when Reggie and uh, Veronica were together. Yeah. Kind of pale yellow light. Mm-hmm. 
And same here. Like, the, the books have a little bit of the colors that we're used to, but that's it. This, this look blue. also really harkens to a, a different Jughead. Yeah. Interesting. Here with Slytherin colors. Great dress on, on uh, Camilla Mendez here. I was surprised by this choice, but yeah, he's attractive. I'm surprised by this choice, but I think it's just to demonstrate what Veronica's superpower is. Yes, yes, yes. I do hope that this isn't going to become a, uh, a storyline about punishing women for... Murdering men accidentally. No, for oh, promiscuity. I'm, like, I'm not. Like, yeah, Reggie's yeah. like, you can't be alone, and then she kills any man that she has into. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'd be shocked. I would, if they were that sloppy. Uh, yes, I. From I everything else I've so. got this episode, but I see that I see that 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 like that turn off that they could take. Yes. Into a real bad place and a real trophy place. Yes, we see the exit. We hope they don't take it. Mm. Keep driving down the highway and doing other things. Um, I wonder what Grandma's gonna think. Yeah, Veronica. Well, my my assistant died. Do you know anything about it? Yeah. He was at your casino. <laughs> yeah. Abuelita might have questions. I wonder if Abuelita is going to have like a solution to the problem, though. Oh, I'm here for some some grandma magic. Yeah. Even if it's wild Catholic sorcery. Yeah, that'd be cool. There's 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 whole swaths of. He's literally face down in the pillow. Like, Veronica, <laughs> what do you think has happened? Yeah, Geraldo. Oh man, not a good. Terrifying though. Yeah. One night stand with someone, they wake up. You wake up and they're dead. Yeah. Oh. Remember Downton Abbey season one? Oh god. Playing on that, strikingly. Oh my god. Yeah. What a wild pilot that was. <laughs> Especially for this like new movie where there's like a villa and anyway, it doesn't matter. For season Downton Abbey was a different show. Altogether. So Veronica clocks this connection right away. She's yeah. wrong. Sort of? Sort of. But, but what was what was the egg then? Right? Like was the egg the delivery of a curse or power? There's just like I don't follow the floor logic of it yet, but there's enough there's plenty of pieces to work with. Also, can she make out with maybe Satan and kill him? Hopefully. Because that would be cool. Unless he knows the power she has. Maybe. Ugh. It'll be interesting. If they need anyone else eliminated, you know, we're clear there. I mean, Archie could just slap them. Let's be real. <sighs> well, the Palladium, though. Except for him. Yeah. <sighs> so we deal into some serial killer profiling. Yeah, which I know very, very little about. Um, I don't think that really is a... A true, true. Uh, Which thing? The them not having families. The serial killers being loners. I think there is a, um, a lot of profiling comes from a very self fulfilling period of psychology. Okay. Uh, and an area of forensics that um, projected a lot of aspirations and brought a lot of biases in with it in the seventies and eighties, nineties. Okay. A lot of early profiling. How do you mean? Um, biases. Uh, okay. the, the outcomes want desired by the scientists. Oh, I see. Okay. And the investigators. I think there's a lot of, um, yeah, writing, writing assumptions 
Interesting. In how we look at early profiling. Very, very interesting. We um, also don't count, like, you know, factory owners in, who let their factory burn because of safety. And, and like, there's a whole different path there of profiles. But yeah. That's a different branch. Is that is that serial killing or is that a different type of killing? Yeah, I guess that's negligence killing. Which, I mean, not to nitpick, but I feel like the psychological motivations are different and equally terrifying for different reasons. Yes. Yeah. I'm off base with that. Yeah. Love that Reggie's move is like, power I can't fathom. What are you? I'm going to get in on that. Wizard? And I love how, the like, we have enough space in Reggie's. I'm really into Reggie in this episode. Yes. Um, uh, I love that we have enough space in Reggie's character. A magical man. That he can say a wizard and it's not immediately ridiculous to him. Yes. He's like, yes. what's your deal? It is, <laughs> it is a little bit ridiculous. Is this absurd thing... One of the options. Yes. Like, he has enough absurdity in his character. You know what I mean? Yeah, he can break break the edge of reality just a touch. Strange outfit on Cheryl. Almost working for me. Not my favorite of, of that they've put her in. I feel like we're increasingly going for um, superhero tableaus. Oh, When we see them in, in, in a wide shot like this. In a pose. Um... Increasingly, I, I think there's patterns in their cost in their dress that are costume esque. Perhaps yeah, we're maybe. getting a very particular sort of grunged in jughead. That's true, but also I think maybe this is like overtones of Abigail mm. lingering in Cheryl. But yeah, I hear also what you're saying. Possible. Is there a nativity scene over his shoulder? There absolutely is. <laughs> it's a curiosity. There are. Are those three wise men looking at a little manger? I don't I don't see it. Right there. I, I actually don't see it. Oh, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> I see bottles. I was like, that's... Oh, they, <laughs> that's funny that I got the magi mixed up with bottles. Not my fault, though. Oh, well, whatever. I'll Just get your them. items. Armed guard so, at the door. Given all the thick pseudo-Christianity pseudo that they've laid on... Last episode. Mm-hmm. We're primed. I guess we are, yeah. So Archie didn't lose his his musical ability like Reggie did with his coping with dyslexia skills. Well, he's got his item back, so hmm. that might make a difference. Yeah, he didn't play any music while it was gone. That's true. <sighs> um, yeah, I maybe we are headed towards what I was hoping for the, for these characters, which is that we get... The Buffy effect, where they're mm. like they have to deal with their inner demons, right? Through superhero demons. Yeah, I like where Betty's going. You know, I, like I feel a sudden shift from this dark thing is is within me to there's potential in that dark thing, and not in a serial killer way. Give your grandfather a headstone instead of taking this book back. <laughs> Yep, get a memorial bench. Yeah. Write I mean, a headstone and put a small family I, I understand temple. this would be hard for me as well. <laughs> um, I understand this would be hard for me as well. I would not enjoy it, but burn it, Jughead. Too late. So no portrait, no book, no Jason. The only yep. people who actually burn their um, 
Betty and Archie. Betty and Archie. I wonder how we're going to yeah. see that play out. And Reggie and Kevin are both pseudo-recruited. Yeah. But both are both are showing a, a, a conscientiousness of, of player characters. Mm-hmm. They are... Uh, bye, Geraldo. Oh, Geraldo. What a waste. You know, this show, from Dr. Curdle's perspective... <laughs> where's my fanfic about that? His Just, thoughts on the gang and the string of corpses that are associated with them. I wonder if there's... Every step. I wonder if there's fan fiction about Dr. Curdle Jr. on the internet. Not, I'm not necessarily erotic. Um, that's not what I'm asking oh, yeah. for. I'm Com- inter- comedic and missing moments. Yeah. That's what I want of Dr. Curdle Jr. Yeah. Added commentary, especially now that I know he's a Josie fan. Yeah. Also, I know that's such a stereotype I have about fan fiction is that lots of it is erotic. Lots of it is not. Yeah. But, Sorry. But also, lots of it is erotic. <laughs> yes, for, like, fair. I know I'm swimming in quite a quite a thickly polluted pool when I dive into fanfic. Yeah, I love fair. it all the same. <laughs> but, I mean, no like, shame on erotica. Just, um, I am very rarely interested in... In the sex lives of fictional characters. Mm. That's I think that's what it is for me. Interesting. Yeah. That's um. Maybe I'm very maybe I'm a minority in that regard. Well, I'm mostly intrigued in the the romantic beats these days. I mean, uh, sure, for yeah. for young adult me, certainly, um, it, fan fiction was one of the first places, first and only places to really experience a, a, a broad view and range of views on queer sex and romance. Right. Uh, right that is right. that is literally it. There is more in my manga than there ever was in any school material. Right. Uh, for everything. Um, so in that <laughs> in that regard it was much more social proxy learning at the time. Um, right. and now I mean I still don't care about the sex lives of the characters, but they're fun it's a fun twist. It's like it's like nerdlesque. Yeah. It's like when we do sexy burlesque of a Star Wars character. Right. Like, this is this is made better by association. You start with the default sexy, and then you skin it, I think. Um, Interesting. And I, in that matter, I really think a lot of um, a lot of erotica as fan fiction just would have been pulp, pulp 50 years ago. Um, right. I've been listening it's, to, it's a, good point. to yeah, a podcast uh, just this week that is um, just an actor reading old gay pulp from the 60s. Oh my god, I wanna... What's it called? Oh god, I can't remember. I'll check okay. it later. Uh, it's... the. I remember the books he was reading. Because um, the first one is... And it's... Direct quote. Gay whore. Okay. And uh, that overrides any, na- any sense of the podcast name. That's just all I can see in my brain. Fair enough. That first book title. We will, we will, I mean, fair, that is a memorable title. Yes, and it follows through on its promises. I see. Even, All right. In shockingly sex-positive ways for the 60s. I mean, the 60s had their moments, it seems like. Yeah. Um, I mean, on one hand... A, on one hand, some of these books are all like, oh, um, progressive thought and freedom. And on the other hand, they're sort of like, here are all these romances that are 100% people grooming you. Ah! And sometimes it's the think, same book. I think that's one of the discomforts I have with some of fanfic, is that I do notice, mm. especially Harry Potter fanfic, there seems to be an element of, like, grooming. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah, yeah. Cons- like, grooming is sexy, and I'm concerned by this. Yes. I'm... 
I mean, if their character's in fiction, I'm confused by this. Uh, yes, yeah, I think. I'm very confused by this. It's a weird blip. The because I, I, I know that Harry Potter was a very multi generational fan movement. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think of it as very much an early sexuality mire. Like oh, my lens was, it it was bubbling in the background around a lot of other bubbling things. Right. So there's 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 rub off effect. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't really revisited it from. Yeah. Anyway, that's our fanfic. Um, uh, so many thoughts on fanfic. What's the word I want? Our tangent. Tangent. Thank you. Um. Solid episode. I could solid. do if this if the rest of the season of Riverdale is like this, I will. Really, really lament not being here to talk about it. So. Because we're we're getting to the power episodes usually for Riverdale. Like, we're getting to when we're kind of going, and then they're suddenly like, surprise, it's episode 20. Here's a great television show. Now, here's a thing. We've got another, I think, four or five episodes. Mm -hmm. Then a two-week hiatus. Mm -hmm. Then another four or five episodes. That's right. So there's a narrative beat that I'm now assuming they have played because they've gotten good at riding these waves, scheduling-wise. Maybe, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, I wonder if we're not in the last push yet, but maybe just the fourth act. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Predictions and aspirations. Well... That's all for now, I guess. Yeah. Good luck to you and Channing in these fun next nine episodes. And I'm sure I will check in with you frequently and update the gang. Lovely. Ta for now. Ta for now.